Hello, hello, hello. These are your hosts, Ajit and Tapan, and this is Cold Brew Money. We are talking about money because your friends and family won't. Hi, Ajit. How are you? Good, yeah. How are you? Thank you so much for bringing me on Clubhouse <laughs> yeah. for the invite. I sure. I was waiting for it since a month, I think, at this point, and finally, mm-hmm. I was super excited to be on that amazing platform. So, <laughs> yeah, what did, I what, owe you what one. It's very interesting. I was like over the weekend. I entered three rooms. One was with Jim Quick, the guy behind Limitless. The other one with Naval Ravikant. Oh yeah, Naval had one. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was going to send you, but uh, it was yeah. like five in the morning or four in the morning in oh, New right. York. So I was like, hey, you would be sleeping. Yeah. So because he was online, I I I was in that room at nine in the morning here. So that will be like five hours difference yet. Like where was he then? Like he's he's in the he's uh, in SF, West Coast, so, right? So yeah, yeah, so it was two o'clock there. They were saying, "Wow, yeah." Okay. Uh, that room, and then yesterday I was in a room with Tanmay Bhatt, which was okay. just like random shit. But I I like the format. It's it's like listening to a podcast. So I was mostly listening to it while working or uh, cleaning the house and stuff like that. I wish I could plug it to my speaker, which is not a feature yet. Mm. But uh, I had put it on full volume, and it was like listening to a phone call or a chat and or a podcast, and then just doing your own thing. And if you find something interesting, then you take notes and stuff like that. It's a, it's a very interesting format. I had people explain like they were like, "Why can't you do this on YouTube live mm. with a video?" But yeah. then this is like a phone call, so they they literally can bring you on stage. right and you can ask questions directly if you want but right. then again like it is it is called clubhouse and it's a club right and it is so exclusive so if you're not following or friends with the host or the moderators of the room then they won't call you on stage ever it's like that so it's very interesting that way yeah yeah but yeah you're right like it's basically like a phone call you just you're on mute and you can listen to it in real time which has its pros and cons the con is you can't listen to it 1.5x or 2x which is what i usually listen to podcasts at right right um but yeah interesting we'll see where it goes they definitely have to i don't know like why are they being so exclusive is just like are they playing the scarcity, uh, scarcity game or uh it's something else like just a technology issue Yeah, I feel it's a scarcity. So if I think about it, right? If uh, if there are Naval Ravikant speaks, right? For yeah. example, just giving an example, and the platform is open with millions of listeners, that room will be. It will be like how I don't know. It will be like almost like a seminar at that point. It won't be that phone call where you can like, oh, there's an opportunity for me to raise and raise my hand, and Naval will call me on stage, and I can directly ask my question or something. That goes away. I feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe they will open it up when, similar to seminars, they can start charging thousand bucks, and people are like willing. Yeah, to I think that is that is the idea, right? They they want to put money directly into the hands of the creators. That is the next step. Like they want to monetize. That is like their priority instead of like scaling up and other things like working on the UI and recommendation engine. Their priority is to build a platform where they can start. The creators can start charging and get paid for. their content which is interesting to okay. say the least yeah anyway yeah like uh, uh, i haven't i haven't got the time to curate my followers or anything like that uh, but i might spend some time this weekend we'll see okay 
Yeah, I, I followed a few people, but that's about it. It's like who you follow, those rooms you enter. It's very similar to that. Mm. That's how you explore. Yeah. Cool. So, what should we talk about this week then? Did anything happen? <laughs> I mean, the topic of this week. I think it's yeah. pretty obvious. We'll talk about the GameStop saga this week. Obviously, we will discuss what happened, the timeline, shorting, and so what is short squeeze, what it means for long-term investors, and then. fear of missing out but uh, before we start as always if you like cold brew money hit the subscribe button you can give us a five star rating on apple podcast uh, tell your friends share it with your friends this helps us a lot to push content week after week but we will continue the discussion on gamestop after this short ad so let's get started atit so gamestop saga what happened how it started were were you aware of it when it began like had, did you have any idea right uh i didn't have any idea like i would i you know like i knew about wall street bets i think we have spoken about wall street yeah. bets couple of times on this podcast also um it's but i never had the you know like inclination to actually uh, explore the forum on a regular basis um but of you know a colleague reached out to me like middle of january like you know between i think the second week of january um saying you know saying that he just bought some game stock because it's been talked about on reddit and i i checked the uh, you know website like i just checked the price what what is going on with gamestop and it was pretty insane like with in october it was around 3 dollars 4 dollars and now like when he messaged it was around like 30 40 so it had already gone 10x at that point definitely and and there was some chatter about it on twitter also like all the people that i follow they were they were saying that there's some unusual activity happening there so then then i started following but i didn't know about it until it became like you know like 30 40 hmm what about you did you know no a similar i think i came to know i i, I am a member of wall street bets but i've been like avoiding reddit for Six months at this point because it's super addictive, and yeah. I couldn't get off. So I was avoiding. But I think I came to know. Like if you're on Twitter, I think you get most of your news before it hits the mainstream. I feel. So I think I came to know when it was at forty-five or forty-seven, something like that. That's yeah. when I I realized that something is happening with GameStop, but uh, I did not realize the extent to which it will go and how. Yeah, no one. I don't think anyone did. Um, so what? It, it actually all started back in June twenty nineteen. Okay, like mm-hmm. the Reddit user, which is now infamous user, he's gone into the you know he's be, a lot of movies and books will be written about him. Uh, but his he goes by the username Deep Fucking Value, uh, and he posts on uh, Wall Street Bets that uh, you know like he's going to buy long dated calls uh, of twenty twenty one of uh, GameStop. Right. He did this uh, in June 2019. 2019, yeah. He's like, uh, I'm going to uh, buy long dated calls. Basically, you know, like in, it's an option thing. Uh, we can get into the detail later on. But he's like, uh, the the GameStop at this price is undervalued. Give it a couple of years, and we'll we'll start seeing, uh, you know, price discovery happen on this. So this was June 2019. Then in August, Michael Burry. Have you seen uh, the big, big shot? shot. Yeah, 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 the big shot fame guy. Like he shorted the uh, housing market in two thousand eight and made a lot of money, right? Yeah. Uh, and I side note, 
Big Shot is still one of the best made financial movie. Like it's 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 beautiful. So I'm going to watch this uh, watch it this weekend again. But yeah, so Michael Burry buys a three percent stake in GameStop, um, and notes that ninety percent of the stores are free cash flow. Right, positive. So, like, they are generating profit. Ninety percent of the the stores are generating profit. Although, like, so, you know, what does GameStop do? Right, like, they are retail stores uh, where people go to buy consoles, games. Uh, but you know, like now, people order online consoles, and they don't usually. There are no CDs or DVDs that yeah. you need, cartridges that you need for people download games. So, the basic thesis was that uh, this is a dying business because no one retail itself is facing a lot of difficulty in this e-commerce and online you know environment. Uh, people like the Wall Street was very negative on it already. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Michael Berry thought like it's it's still it's not a it's it's still a value play. This was August 2019, and then in August 2020, Ryan Cohen joined uh, the board. Okay, Ryan Cohen is uh, he was the CEO of uh, Chewy, did a great job like operating that. So he joined the board and uh, he said that I'm going to you know turn around the business. We are going to focus more on online e-commerce. Um, you know, Portal will invest on the in the right technologies and not focus on you know making the stores retail stores. Sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. And around this time, like in August 2020, after Ryan Cohen joined and said that he's going to turn around, and he bought a huge stake also in the you know business, and okay. he said, "I'm not going to sell it." Around this time, Reddit uh, people, the Wall Street Belt, uh, they started noticing that there was around 130% short interest in GME. There were more shares shorted than there were actually shares to go around, right? So okay. it was it was pretty insane. And this happens like on a regular basis. It's not like crazy, but 130% is unheard of. It's usually like 90%, 80%, uh, 130% is is a lot. Um, and in November 2020, Melvin Capital shorts the uh, stock. Right, they they also bet that this company is going out of business. Okay. Right, this was November 2020, and then on the Jan first week, it it went to twenty dollars. Jan second week, it went to forty. Twenty sixth of January, one fifty. That is when I was like, "What is going on?" I was full into the the. Yeah. Thing. I was following story every by minute by minute at this point. Because uh, until 40, I was like, okay, fine, this happens with you know like low traded stock and penny stocks, but 150 was insane. And then Chamath and Elon Musk also tweeted about it. Obviously, e- yeah, Elon even joined the Discord server. Um, and then Jan 28th um, in the morning, like uh, the stock opened at 468. Okay, and then Robinhood put a restriction that you can only sell, you cannot buy on the platform, right? And then that uh, made like the the stock started dropping like a rock yeah. and it went down to $150. And then on 29th, uh, Jan 29, uh, they uh, eased the restriction and it went back up to th- uh, 328. Um, and the guy who started it all, right? The guy who bought call options on uh, January 2019, he mm-hmm. put in like 50,000. And right now, I think it is worth around 25 million. And I think he's still holding it. He's like, the game, Michael Yul Lewis will be writing a book soon, right? Oh, absolutely, dude. Books, movies, a TV show, maybe. This is unheard of, right? Actually, so in few uh, aspects, this has happened before. And certain things are completely new. No one has seen this happen before. So we can get into the details. 
yeah funniest part is uh, you know it's mainstream when it reaches instagram so like when people started i was already following it for 3 or 4 days before it hit instagram i feel at that yeah. point and that that for me did it like that's when i became long on twitter <laughs> like for me <laughs> that sold twitter because i, I recently this year and last year i've started seeing the value of twitter but like oh, this made it but yeah, yeah it's insane in terms of gamestop and with the gamestop as well like AMC was going up Nokia for a bit was people were yeah. saying Nokia Nokia was just planting their own thing into Reddit to make their stocks like there were so many different conspiracies that was hilarious Yeah yeah and you're right like Twitter uh, even coronavirus Twitter was very very early on to pick it up like in the you know second week of January you could start seeing big Twitter accounts talking about it that it is it is a big deal So Ati the noob that I am okay just like and you might know it better like what 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 does short mean and what does short squeeze mean short i can like i let me try to explain what i understand from short and this comes from big short obviously mm-hmm. because that's where they explain short essentially means so long as you believe in the long term potential of the stock so you are just investing so you know the price will increase short is like kind of opposite you know the stock will stock or equity will go down what you do is you buy it in the present moment right you buy the stock like the shares from you borrow it not buy borrow it from someone you pay the price that is right now you borrow the share and then when the price drops right and it hits the value that you were shorting for then you purchase the actual stock and then return the borrowed share so whatever profit you make in that difference that's that's your profit right yeah Yeah, there you go. I mean, I am no expert here, but yeah, that's how. And like over the last uh, couple of uh, days, there are so many people explaining what short and short squeezes. It's insane. Like everyone has the become a financial expert. One, the most famous one I've seen was on Reddit where they are explaining with bananas. Like there's a <laughs> monkey who's who's using banana. Right. I I saw it on Tanmay Bhat's uh, vlog as well. Like he was explaining the whole thing again on on his. Yeah. And yeah, like. So there is a monkey who borrows bananas, but then they know the bananas' value will go down. So right. yeah, so when the price goes down, they actually purchase the banana and return whatever banana they had borrowed initially. But yeah, yeah it, you you might be able to explain in more technical. No, okay. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, basically, yeah, when you buy a stock uh, because you think it'll go up, you are going long on that stock. Yeah. right uh, for example let's say like apple is at 100 dollars okay and you buy it and after a month it becomes 110 your profit is 10 dollars right because you were wrong, long apple uh, you made a profit when the price went up right and obviously you make a loss when price goes down like after a month it was 90 dollars you'll make a loss of 90 dollars in shorting as you said it's the inverse of going long you go short uh, like let's say you think apple is overvalued at 100 dollars and you think it'll go down you short apple uh, which means after a month if apple is trading at 90 dollars you made a profit of 10 dollars right uh, and since you were short apple and the price went down you made a profit um and similarly if the price went up it was trading at 110 you would have made a loss of 10 dollars right right now the interesting thing is that uh, you know when you go long a stock when you buy a stock uh, you have limited downside right uh, because let's say whatever apple was 100 dollars the worst that worst thing that could happen is go it goes to zero Right, Zero. you lose you lose hundred dollars, right? But the upside is unlimited, right? Apple can go to thousand, ten thousand, even hundred thousand, right? Mm. So when you're going long, but when you go short a stock, your 
uh, upside is limited, right? So you make the maximum profit when that hundred dollars goes to zero dollars, right? When the okay. company go- goes bankrupt or it is delisted or whatever, right? That is your maximum profit. But your loss is unlimited because again the stock can go up to whatever price. There's no upside, like, uh, up upper cap. So it is very very risky. when you huh. when you short a stock that's why like i i had a friend who was like if you don't understand like what how does short me works just go long like don't ever because robinhood that time had just started where you could like short stocks and like you can do it for free and i was like let me can i should i try this and the, my friend was like no don't don't do it it's just too risky if you don't understand what it means or how it works just don't do it it's yeah. easier to be long on something right how do how does that work right like how do you short a stock and you briefly touched on it it's basically um if when when you say you want to short apple what you do is you borrow apple stock from someone let's say i borrow apple stock from you right yeah. i make a promise that i will return that stock to you in the future right okay but i borrow it right now i sell it at 100 dollars okay i wait for a month two months whatever like right mm-hmm. and if it goes down let's say it goes down to 70 uh, i i sold it at 100 right now i go and buy it at 70 and i return that stock to you so i sold it at 100 bought it back at 70 and i made a profit of 30 dollars right when it, because it went down right now similarly if i had borrowed it from you uh, and sold it at 100 it went to 130 I have to purchase it at one thirty because I owe you that stock, right? I hmm. I have to return that stock back to you, so I have to go into the market, buy it at one thirty, return it. Now I made a loss of thirty dollars, right? But yeah, how how much time do you have to like when you're short some when you short something? Then like how much time do you have to return the stock? Yeah, is it in a contract or like how does it work? Right, great question. Uh, I don't know the exact mechanics, but uh, usually, uh, if you're just shorting a stock, there's no, there's no like lim- uh, uh, hard deadline that where you have to return uh, the stock back. Um, but because if the price starts going up, you know there is on- my my risk potential is so much, right? Let's say I I am okay to lose hundred dollars on Apple when I borrow it from you, right? Now if the price goes from hundred to one fifty, I'm I'm still Like I'm still uh, not buying the stock. Like to return it to you. Like I'll wait it out. I I think 150 is still overvalued. It'll go down. It'll go down. I'll wait. But if it goes to 250, like I I am at a potential loss of 150 dollars, right? So mm-hmm. I will go out and cover my cover my short position. I will go out buy it at 150, make a loss of 150 because I don't know. It could become 300 also, right? I my risk potential was so much. Right. And mm-hmm. once it re- reaches that potential, I'll go go and make a loss of whatever I'm, you know, capable of losing because that becomes a big risk, right? Like if it keeps on going up, I have to cover as soon as you know cut your losses. Basically, you cut your losses as soon as possible, right? Mm. Um, but now that is that was just one side of things where you, you know the, these hedge funds basically when they go out and uh, short a stock, uh, they. It's a liability. If the prices go up, it becomes a, like a huge liability, right? So they also have rules and regulations and internal policies where they cannot have so much risk on their portfolio. So they will, at some point, they will go and have to cover their short position. That is like the, if you're uh, individually shorting a stock, right? Now, now what happens? Other way to short this is through options, right? Mm-hmm. Where, through puts. So and uh, in puts, there is uh, there is like a hard deadline. 
where you know like this guy he bought a long dated stock uh, long dated call option in 2021 right so january 2021 what that happens is when january 2021 comes he has to uh, he has the uh, authority to exercise the option where he can buy at the price uh, which was trading at june 2019 ka price or whatever like his his strike price was so that he but he it will be worthless after january 2021 so he has to decide if he wants to buy it or if he wants to do whatever he wants to do with it like he doesn't want to exercise it right so similarly if you are in the put right if you want to short you have to cover your position at certain uh, deadline because you owe uh, when when you initiated the position you already borrowed uh, that and you have to you made a promise that by this time i will return it yeah well, i think what happened with melvin capital was uh, they in uh, in november of 2020 they took a short position because i think it was tra- uh, trading around 6 dollars and they are like okay this is not even worth 6 dollars right so they said in, by january 2021 this will be it'll it'll be le- worth less than Six dollars. So when January twenty twenty one came, it was not six dollars. In fact, it was around fifteen thirty dollars. And but they had already bought the. They had promised to return the stock by January twenty twenty one. So what they had to do was they had to um, buy, uh, go into the market, buy, cover their short position. And these guys, the redditors, they were like, we are not selling. Right, we are not selling whatever they hold. So they drove the price up because they had to cover. They had to return that. They had to do the settlement. Uh, Melvin Capital had no choice but to pay whatever the asking prices. And these guys were holding, holding. the The supply was very limited, and they had to, they had to buy it at whatever price. They had to make a loss. So I think they, they made a huge, huge loss on this. And it was a brilliant strategy, right? It was a brilliant strategy by redditors. Yeah, to think about it, it's crazy, right? Like online, like unknown people. You have this guy, um, yeah, fucking value, and like other people. That all the handles that came out of this, those were like some of the jokes that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and and even like the mainstream media screwed it up. Like CNBC, they didn't give these creditors enough, uh, you know, credit. They're like they're you know trading from their basements and they don't know what's going on. They'll they'll get hurt and all of that, right? Uh, which I don't think is true. If you actually go and read his thesis, right, initially, uh, he 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 thought it was a value play. Like he thought that it is worth Ooh, more than deep fucking value. Yeah, deep fucking value. It is definitely not worth so low, low right? Like I think uh, Wall Street is punishing uh, the stock uh, GameStop for no reason, right? That's why he he bought it. At, at, uh, yeah. So I I saw the we'll we'll link post the link of his initial valuation. I think it was from 2020. Like his channel is called Roaring Kitty, right? Yeah. So he posted a video also, uh, like five months back, explaining his whole whole. Uh, thesis. Yeah, I saw that video and he made good point. Like I was, if I had watched that video sometime back, I would have been convinced. Like even yeah. before it, like he put some good points. Like they are investing in the right spots and they are trying yeah. to do the actual right thing. Yeah. Yeah, like Wall Street. So that that raises the question: like, should shorting even be allowed? Right? Like that. That's a very deep question, and probably we are not even qualified to answer that. But uh, it. It's a double-edged sword. Like a lot of, you know, because of shorting, a lot of uh, short sellers um, have exposed frauds, right? Like Enron and a lot of companies which are doing fraud 
were put into their place because of short sellers because big they shot. went out yeah even the big shot guys right they were the ones who exposed uh, the whole uh, thing going on in the housing market so they are uh, in the system for a reason uh, and they i don't know what the you know second third order consequences are but they they make the system, they keep the system in check from time to time okay okay so let's let's discuss the other topic that came out of this whole saga right like this was one part of it the other part was like robinhood and then uh, even td i think and then public.com they also like they stop people from uh, buying more shares of um, gamestop so like what what are your thoughts on that like was it ethical what happened like do you what, what which side are you on like on that yeah that's so what happened was basically uh you know when the prices went through the roof right when from like 150 dollars it became some 350 right um and it opened on that morning it opened at around 420 uh, or something like that so robinhood uh, when the market opened people started realizing that robinhood has restricted their access to buy the stock you can right. only sell right um and they gave no heads up nothing right just when the market opened people on reddit they wanted to buy and they couldn't they realized and there was a huge backlash uh and robin hood you know screwed the pooch on uh not con- communicating well right they yeah. didn't give any heads up even after this was like this was talked about on twitter and everything they had they took a long time putting out a statement Uh, yeah. as to what happened why are they doing this and that gap led to <laughs> a lot of people speculating coming up with all sorts of conspiracy theories right um that you know it's uh, robin hood has flipped like it was it, they they were the people who gave uh, the retail investors a fighting chance on wall street and now they they've colluded they've you know they're not robin hood they're the sheriff of nottingham right they <laughs> it was they were people were calling for their head it's like i don't know what's what has happened we should wait until they put out the statement like as to what's going on so i was i was of that mindset that let's give them a chance like you can't just forget what they've been they've done for the finance financial yeah. industry as a whole i remember like in 2015 i wanted to buy facebook and i had to pay some $5 $6 per transaction which was yeah. which was the cheapest like they, they were supposed to be the discount traders uh, discount brokerage firm and then 2016 robin hood comes is like everything is free to whatever you want and yeah it's on your app you can open the account in few you know minutes so they've they've done a lot and then everything followed right all the brokerages had to follow them in 2018 2019 all the trades are free uh, you know uh, you 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 don't need a bloomberg terminal to understand what's going on in the market or participate they were the ones who democratized retail investing right yeah so you should give them a chance you, just because one thing that happened and it was it was unprecedented like how when has this happened before so i was of that mind and i am still of that mind that you can't uh, judge people on their worst mistake right that's what they say so mm. sure robin hood screwed it up um and then people started realizing that it wasn't just robin hood but td ameritrade and uh, public and a, a lot of other firm like brokerages also had to stop 
the trading for uh, certain stocks like GME and AMC. Yeah. So what what actually happened? Like, why did they stop? Like, did they ever yeah. come out with a reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they put it out, and you could also uh, see like other firms also putting out a very similar statement. Basically, when you buy a stock from Robinhood, a lot of things happen behind the scene, right? Uh, it takes up to two days uh, for the transaction to settle, right? When I buy that Apple stock, Robinhood te- will tell you that, oh, you are you have to, you know, whatever is the stock of Apple. But mm-hmm. actually behind the scenes, uh, it takes two days for the settlement to happen before the stock actually becomes yours, okay? Okay. So um, what happens is this, all this money is, there's like a mediator, uh, which is like the clearing firm, uh, which will, do all the settling in that two days right when the that settlement happens uh, robin hood will work with the clearing firm to get that stock from someone who's selling it to them uh, and then hold that clearing firm will process the transaction and then give it to give the stock to robin hood and then robin hood will give it to you will hold it on your behalf right so all of that happens when when things like these happen right um where the stock is very volatile right like you can see but when within two days it went from uh 40 60 dollars to like 150 dollars and then 300 dollars it was jumping all over the place yeah right so that two days of settlement can be a lot of things can happen in those two days right so a lot of uncertainty um and that is why the clearing firms they raised up you know their their requirements and they increase that collateral they had to put up like certain amount but because of the volatility they the clearing firms increased the collateral for all the brokerages so it wasn't just robin hood but td ameritrade and public and any anyone who was using their service um and robin hood didn't have that much money i think to, oh, okay. to put up the collateral so they so that's were like, their official please, statement at least that is their official statement yeah hmm Okay. It was Interesting. a liquidity issue. I, I did not know about that part, right? Like I stopped following like Thursday, Fridays were the worst day yeah. for me in terms of work. So I stopped following after a certain point. Like I knew that the stocks were, they couldn't buy the stocks, but then I did not know they came out with an official statement and that, but that's interesting. So Atit, so we know what happened now and like what, uh, why it happened and everything, including Robin Hood and stuff like that. So what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it all started with value investing, right? The guy's name who started is, is Deep Fucking Value. Right? His original thesis was this. Um, but I think uh, somewhere in the last three months, the story changed from value investing to, it became like an emotional thing, right? It wasn't mm. uh, any longer like an unemotional in, uh, investing thesis it became a very very emotional like a us versus them haves yeah. versus have nots retail investors versus institutional investors Wall yeah. street versus main street thing right so um yeah and when whenever there's emotions involved a lot of things can happen right like but um i there is a very high likelihood that this will not end well for a lot of people yeah, but I feel at this point everyone has started leaving the like GameStop because it's not a meme anymore. Like people have started selling and all that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll find out on Monday what happens to the the price. We we're recording this on Sunday, uh, but right. by the time this comes out, we'll we'll find out what what uh, is happening. But 
yeah it's it's definitely uh, very interesting in terms of like how social media can change can have a real impact right like it's it's insane um and i'm sure there will be some regulation some investigations a lot of things that will happen in the rest of the year but uh, it it was amazing to live through one of these you know mm. events which is still happening i don't think it has ended like there will be uh, thing because this guy is like the the guys who are holding they they are a cult like the wall street the original wall street 2 million people which you were also a part of right some of them are uh, insane they they can digest losses like nobody's business right i know people have posted like they've made a loss of $50,000 in a single day and they're totally fine with that they can like no other and they they've they've taken it personally at this point i feel where they have there's a story as you said so I, i read today i read a blog by this guy neil kakkar he's a developer but he's also a blogger on the side and he wrote a post about um the name the title of the post is all stories are wrong but some are useful and it starts with like uh, stories not people rule the world and like yeah. that that's what like it's it's very interesting like whatever has a powerful story people will uh, go behind that and like at this point the whole gamestop story is that uh, we are fighting against wall street right we yeah. we want to decentralize stuff there yeah. is a lot of power in the government and stuff like that yeah i mean obviously there are players who want to you know like they will not let go uh, an event to waste right they will they are opportunistic people also like um both left and right politicians are uh, on the same page for this one right they are they are the aoc and uh, uh, ted cruz right they when have they ever agreed on anything uh, yeah. and they agree on this that um robin hood or whatever like retail investors should have a fighting chance um against wall street and the rule should not favor the hedge funds they should not have halted the trading um yeah. so that hedge funds could cover their short positions or anything i don't know what actually happened but yeah they've made a huge impact reddit wall street bets have made a huge impact uh, and if you read the stories like people have paid off their credit card bills like there was some uh, person who had 30000 credit card debt uh and they paid it off just using gamestop there there have been millionaires who have made on tesla and gme so actually tesla was the original gme right if you see tesla's rise also that was also a classic short squeeze right they they kept on delivering people were skeptical and after a point all the skeptical people have to cover their position and that drove the price to insane insane amount right so similar elon elon musk like i think he he holds so much power on twitter and like, people who follow him like it's crazy yeah. at this point <laughs> yeah i think that was also very huge although it was already uh, a huge story and then elon and chamat when they joined in and just it just went berserk <laughs> yeah But yeah, I think uh, it is now an emotional story and not a value story. And you know, like uh, Uncle Warren once said, you know, stock doesn't know you own it, right? Don't get attached to it. Stock doesn't know you own it. Holy shit! Yeah, that's yeah. that's some deep fucking value right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we we can talk about this a lot uh, in the coming episodes. Also, yeah, there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. Yeah, but like before, like before we close, there was one thing that I wanted to ask you, and I don't know how you are doing this, but like every minute of 
like on twitter when i saw the price of gamestop going up i felt like why why am i not doing it why am i not buying it but like for some reason i did not want to take the risk because in the end i i, I still don't think gamestop has value in terms of like the revenue they are generating and like with covid and all that so like for me still long term was i i didn't believe in gamestop and i hadn't seen the deep deep fucking value video before that so hmm. i still was under the like i always kept thinking i'm missing out on the whole thing i could have made so much money i could have entered the market and sold it off and all that stuff so like how how do you deal with that and did you had fomo yeah i mean i don't know it's difficult to uh you know judge yourself um uh, but you know like going back to mental models like base rates is what i you know whenever there's fomo i just you know think of how many times has this happened before like right and how the chances of it like something like this happening is very low that it'll happen again right and whoever is a part of this is just they they got lucky incredibly lucky right and luck is something that you can't control right so another thing that this might be very philosophical <laughs> and it feels like uh, very high minded maybe but yeah like you should just focus on things you can control right is is there something that you could have can you, is it repeatable can you do this again and the chances are very low that something like this will happen and, and you can even be a part of something like this um uh, so yeah that that's something that i you know lean on when there's fomo uh and there's also sur- survivorship bias here like if you again go you know dig into that subreddit you'll see a lot of dead bodies a lot of people have tried some doing something like this before and you know nothing has come out of it this became a huge thing but that subreddit has been around for like years right on a side note there were 2 million people in that subreddit now it is like i think 6 <laughs> within yeah. within the last uh week it has just tripled in size the subreddit story was also interesting i don't know if you know that but like when robinhood launched right before 2016 the subreddit was at like sub 15000 members when oh. robinhood started uh started in 2016 like there was a chart when I, i like in 2019 or something i saw this on the same subreddit right wall street bets which sh- which tracked the growth of the subreddit with robinhood and it matched oh. wow yeah i mean obviously most of the most of the traders there are they use robinhood <laughs> yeah yeah what, what what about you how are you dealing with it i am not i i, I literally felt very bad uh, because i did not invest in it but at the same time i was like uh, my investment strategy was like as always been dollar cost and then vanguard index funds and i ha- i did not stop doing it i but at the same time i have decided to put a bit more amount um in the risk bucket that you know we discussed in i don't remember episode 3 or 4 which i can like just invest you know like mm. yolo types <laughs> yeah so maybe i'll i'll start doing that but um yeah i i i right now my strategy didn't fail so that way i don't feel that i made any loss but yeah. it's it's the fear that i don't make a profit right and there was an opportunity yeah. but then i as you said like i couldn't control it or anything so yeah yeah i mean see it, it's uh, it's not about how much you make right but how much you keep now yeah. i don't know how how many of these people will cover their uh you know like they they will sell and make a profit and 
you know yeah it's, it's like keep, a casino keep right holding. yeah 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 so and these guys are very aware of what they're doing they have they have no intention of making a huge buck right they want to it's it's called yolo right so yeah they they want to create i don't know not chaos but they they are here for making noise i feel yeah. more than uh, but we'll see we'll see how this plays out it's very very interesting another thing that i uh, lean on is you know expect less and the upside will always be serendipitous right uh, like i told you right a friend of mine he pinged on our, uh, you know office slack uh, he said he's buying he, it was his first time dealing with stocks and he's a reddit user and he saw a lot of noise that by gme and amc and all of those so he's like i just put 1000 in it i just want to learn what what goes on right he and at that time it was i think around 30 40 so he made 10x right but his intention totally was just to learn right he mm. didn't have any expectation that this will make a lot of money so yeah something to remember Yeah, he took cool. about that thousand to I don't know ten thousand, maybe ten fifteen thousand at this point. Yeah, not making me feel better. Atif, not making me feel better. <laughs> anyway, so that was our take on the whole GameStop saga. If you have your thoughts about what we discussed, let us know. Reach out. You can reach out to us through Instagram, Twitter. You can email us on coldbluemoney at gmail dot com. But for now, that was it for the episode. Hit that subscribe button. Share it with your friends. These are your hosts, Adi Dan Tapan, and this is Cold Brew Money. There once was a stock that put to sea. The name of the stock was GME. The price blew up and the short stepped down. Hold my bully boys, hold. <gasps> Soon may the tendy man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. She had not been two weeks from shore when Ryan Cohen joined the board. The captain called all hands and swore he'd take his shares and hold. <gasps> Soon may the tendy man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. Before the news had hit the market, Wall Street bets came up and bought it. With diamond hands, they knew they'd profit if they could only hold. <gasps> Soon may the tenny man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. No deals were cut, no shorts were squeezed. The captain's mind was not on greed, but he belonged to the artist's creed. He took the risk to hold. <gasps> Soon may the tenny man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. For forty days or even more, the stock went up, then down once more. All gains were lost; it was looking poor, but still those traders did hold. Soon may the tendy man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. As far as I've heard, the fight's still on. The shorts not squeezed and, and the, the gains not won. The tendy man makes his regular call to encourage the captain, crew, and all. Soon may the tendy man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go.
Soon may the tendy men come to send our rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go.